There was a small city with a few men in it, and a great king came to it, surrounded it, and constructed large siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he delivered the city by his wisdom, yet no one remembered that poor man. So I said, Wisdom is better than strength, but the wisdom of the poor man is despised, and his words are not heeded. The words of the wise, heard in quietness, are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Food for Thought podcast. Today, we are covering um, probably my my favorite book of the Bible, um, doing a review of it, Ecclesiastes. Um, I absolutely love, love this book. Um, a lot of people just read this first verse and uh, say, oh, well, this is, this is a, a, a real downer of a book, but really it's not. In the first verse, or technically the first verse, is the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And you know, that kind of is the the uh, the whole message of the book. But it, it's really not. And there's so much that we can actually extract from this wisdom book. Uh, the other wisdom books would be like Proverbs and, and Job. I might do a, an episode on Job at some point. Because um, I love that one too, and people look at this, and and I think there's a, a a beautiful verse that illustrates why it's good to know these sorts of things. Um, and this is in uh, chapter seven: a good name is better than a good ointment, and that's profound in and of itself. And the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. Because that is the end of every man, and the living take it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for when a face is sad, a heart may be happy. The mind of the wise is in the house of the morning, and the mind of the fools is in the house of pleasure. And why might that be? And I know we just really got right into the episode today, but I want to talk about this for a while. The mind of the wise is in the house of mourning. And I think that is so we don't take things for granted. You know, we're we're very prone as as human beings, especially as human beings in America, to just simply take things for granted. And when we remember um, that you know life is fleeting, when we remember these things, um, then we can appreciate what God has given us. This is, I I pray often that I don't take. Uh, the very fortunate life that I had for granted. And I think that's something that my parents did a great job in re- telling me. And, like, you know, I live a very, very good life, especially life in here in America. And, you know, I've been to other countries. I've been to Guatemala, and I've been to Africa, and I've I've done mission trips. And I've seen that, you know what? Man, I live a blessed life. And I think that's what he's talking about there. It is good to remember. It, it is good for a man's heart to know sorrow because then laughter is better uh, when you do get to laugh, because you you've you've known what a sadness and you've seen it. It's like reading. My brother and I were talking about reading C.S. Lewis's *A Grief Observed*, and it, it's good. It's good to see that every once in a while. It's good to know that. It's good to um, remember that 
life is kind of vain. You know, he talks he talks a lot about um you know the race does not always go to the swift, the battle does not go to the warrior all the time. And you know, sometimes bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. And um and that's something that people try to argue as reasons that God doesn't exist. But I don't necessarily understand that argument, um, especially when we see a verse like that. Um, and then we also see this one here in, um, I believe this is still 7, chapter or chapter 7, verse 14. In the day of prosperity, be happy. But in the day of adversity, consider God has made the one as well as the other. There's also a great verse in Job that really struck me when I read it. And it was um, after all of Job's children were taken from him. Everything, all of them died. Um, all of his cattle were slaughtered. He lost all of his money. His old crops were gone. And his wife said to him, just curse God and die. But Job said, no, he is giving me the prosperity. How can I accept prosperity from the Lord and not also adversity? And then he cut off his clothes. He put ash on his head and went and sacrificed and prayed to the Lord and said, um, I will still serve you anyways. And we see the verses all over saying that, you know, you have to take the good with the bad. And that's just an inherent, like, law of reality. Good times come, and so do bad times. And in the bad times, you have to remember the good times. But in the good times, you also have to remember the bad times. Because when you experience the bad times, and then you have good times, you it's, it's sweeter. Life is sweeter afterwards. And, and it's foolishness to... Um, to try to claim that, oh, well, only good things should ever happen to me because you, you don't grow that way. I mean, even our physical musculature does not grow under apathy. In fact, it gets worse. So it is actually through adversity that we even get better. And that's one of the key lessons that we can learn from Ecclesiastes. But we can learn other things as well, um, such as the futility of wisdom. This is chapter 1. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I set my mind to seek and explore by wisdom concerning all that has been done under heaven. It is a grievous task which God has given to the sons of men to be afflicted with. This is one of my favorite verses of all time, and that is, I, I've probably read that before. I think I read that uh, in my episode on Epicureanism. Because the word for wisdom there is understanding by the mind, understanding with our intellects, and it is futility. Because I talked about it on one of the episodes of Dyadical Thought, I don't know, at the time of recording, I don't think that episode would have aired yet. No, it would have. Yeah. My episode on Dyadical Thought on Euthyphro talked about trying to understand the laws of morality, trying to understand God with our, with our minds, it's silly. It's foolishness. Why would we? Firstly, why would we want a God that we can understand? That in and of itself is just pure futility and foolishness. Why? Because if I can understand him, that means that he is like me. And if God is like me, then we are all doomed. And But trying to understand anything with our mind is an extremely selfish, very incredibly selfish uh, task to try to undertake, to try to uh, understand everything with our mind, saying, well, if it doesn't make sense to my mind, then it can't be correct. And that is just the ultimate form of selfishness. 
He goes on and says in 14, I have seen all the works which have been done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and striving after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened, and what is lacking cannot be counted. When you look at that at face value, it's very sad. And you know, a lot of these books, a lot of these uh, chapters in this book, I'm sorry, um, they're, they're not reconciled until the very end. But let's go on to chapter 2. Thus I hated all the fruits of my labor for which I had labored under the sun, for I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be a wise man or a fool, yet he will have control over all the fruits of my labor for which I have labored by acting wisely under the sun. This too is vanity. And further on in chapter, or in verse 24, I have seen that it is from the hand of God, for who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? And there's one of the solutions right there. He offers it to us in that same chapter. Uh, there is nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and tell himself that his labor is good. This also I have seen that it is from the hand of God. For who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? For to a person who is good in his sight, he has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. While to ask or while to the sinner, he has given the task of gathering and collecting so that he may give it to one who is good in God's sight. It's like in the New Testament, um, with the people with the ten talents, the four talents, and the one talent. And the man who had the one talent, he was saying, here, collect your talent and give it to him who had ten. Because the one who has ten has found favor. Because even though it might be uh, striving after the wind, he still did what is good. Even though he knew that I was going to come back and collect it anyways, he wasn't going to get to keep it, he still multiplied it on my behalf. Even though he knew me to be a hard master, he still did it anyways. And this is one of the uh, core tenets of this book, is you know what? Life is vanity. It, it, everybody dies. It is better to have a live dog than a dead lion, for the dead lion um, can do nothing. And a live dog, even though a dog is inferior to a lion, a dog that is alive can know and understand, and a lion that is dead can do nothing. That's one of the verses he gives. And so all is vanity, all is striving after the wind. So read up the front of it again. A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Alas, the sun rises and the sun sets and hastens to its place where it rises again. You know, life is vanity. Uh, you know, we do the same thing over and over and over again. Does that mean that we should just do nothing with the time given to us? For the living know that they will die. This is 9 um, verse 10. For the living know that they will die, but the dead do not know anything. Nor have they any longer a reward, for their memory is forgotten. Indeed, their love, their hate, and their zeal have already perished, and they will no longer have a share in all that is done under the sun. Go then, eat your bread in happiness, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved your works. Let your clothes be white all the time, and let not oil be lacking from your head. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life which he has given to you under the sun. For this is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. I think I'm going to go back and I'm just going to read this whole chapter because it's just very good. It's one of my favorite. I have pretty much the whole thing highlighted. So here we go. Men are in the hand of God. Chapter 9 of the book of Ecclesiastes. Verse 1. For I have taken all this to my heart, 
talking about all the vanity, vanity of vanities, everything is vanity. The race doesn't go to the swift, nor the battle to the prepared or the warrior, or there's a time for gathering stones and a time for casting stones, all that, for I've taken all this into my heart and explain it that righteous men, wise men, and their deeds are in the hand of God. Man does not know whether it will be love or hatred. Anything awaits him. It is the same for all. There is one fate for the righteous and for the wicked, for the good and for the clean, for the unclean, for the man who offers a sacrifice, and for the one who does not offer a sacrifice. As the good man is, so is the sinner. As the swearer, so is the one who is afraid to swear. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, and that there is one fate for all men. Furthermore, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil, and insanity is in their hearts throughout their lives. Afterwards, they go to the dead. For whoever is joined with all the living, there is hope. Surely a live dog is better than a dead lion. There's that verse I I gave. For the living know that they will die, but the dead do not know anything, nor have they any longer. A reward for their memory is forgotten. Their memory, another great word for memory, and it's used often in the Bible, is name. Their name is forgotten. Name means memory. It means... um, it also means kind of like your reputation. So you could also say, nor have they any longer a reward on earth for their name is forgotten. They have no legacy. Indeed, their love, their hate, and their zeal have already perished, and they will no longer have a share in all that is done under the sun. Go then, eat your bread in happiness, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved your works. Let your clothes be white all the time, and let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life, which he has given to you under the sun, for this is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it verily with all your might. For there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. Again, I again saw under the sun the race is not to the swift, and the battle is not to the warriors, and neither is bread to the wise, nor wealth to the discerning, nor favor to men of ability, for time and chance overtakes them all. Moreover, man does not know his time, like fish caught in a treacherous net, and a bird trapped in a snare. So the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time, when it suddenly falls upon them. Also this I came to see as wisdom under the sun, and it impressed me. There was a small city with few men in it, and a great king came to it, uh, surrounded it, and constructed large siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he delivered the city by the wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. So I said, Wisdom is better than strength, but the wisdom of the poor man is despised, and his words are not heeded. The words of the wise, heard in quietness, are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. And so we see that verse, we see that whole chapter, and we're like, well, you know, at the end he says, wisdom is better than weapons, but one sinner destroys much works. I mean, the words of the wise, it's vanity. It's no good. Even the poor man was forgotten. But you know what? Eternity is our reward. But moreover, 
we have a reward on earth. He says, go then, eat your bread in happiness and drink your wine with a cheerful heart for God has already approved our works. Even in life, the good times, they are our blessing and the bad times are our opportunity to live wisdom and to preserve ourselves, to fight against that king, the great king who ensnared a small town. That is the adverse times and wisdom is what can save us from those times. And then, our reward is the good times that follow afterward, the seasons that come and the seasons that go. God has already approved our works, so let's be cheerful and happy. Let's drink your wine, or, you know, if you don't like to drink wine, you can drink some really great coffee. And there's a guy that I know makes really good coffee. It is available on the Food for Thought website. You can go check out. This guy makes the best coffee. You know what? It is actually a philosophical kind of coffee. It is so good that it stirs up philosophical thoughts. It stirs the creative potential in you with its delicious and savory, earthy-toned flavor. So if you want to think more philosophical thoughts, be inspired to think more creatively by just the sheer amazingness of this coffee, go check it out today. The Philosophical Bean Coffee. Go check it out. But, so... Let our clothes be white all the time and let not oil be lacking on your head. Even though, you know, sometimes things might be vain. Even though sometimes it's not easy. And even though God has approved our works and, you know, and the end, eat, drink, and be merry, still make yourself presentable. Clean yourself up a little bit. Don't be wearing sweatpants out all the time. Put on some nice jeans and a nice flannel and comb your hair. Let not oil be lacking from your head. That's what it means. Let not oil be lacking. Keep your keep yourself looking presentable. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life. Life's short, man. And sometimes it sucks. But you know what? You still gotta look good. You still gotta be presentable. Even though all is vanity, we are in the hands of God. And the hands of God, it is all the same for one fate for the righteous and for the wicked, for the good and for the clean, for the unclean and for the man who offers a sacrifice. For the man who does not offer a sacrifice, life's not fair. And sometimes you just got to suck it up. Whatever you find in your hand to do, do it with all your might. For there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. We all die. We all return down back to the earth, to Sheol, where we all, we're all going to be there one day. So what you have in front of you now, do it with all of your might. No matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, you still got to do it. Let's look at the end. Um, the purpose of the preacher. Chapter 12, verse 9. In addition to being a wise man, the preacher also taught the people knowledge and pondered and searched out and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth correctly. The words of wise men are like goads and masters of these collections, are like well-driven nails. They are given by one shepherd. But beyond this, my son, be warned, the writing of many books, endless and excessive devotion to books, is wearying to the body. So it's not intellectualism that's going to save us. It's not writing down wise thoughts. The conclusion, when all has been heard, verse 13, is fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. That's a that's kind of daunting, isn't it? 
Everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil, follow his commandments, because this applies to every person. Yet we see, when we go back, whatever your hand finds to do, do it verily with all your might. But then we see, go then, eat your bread in happiness, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved our works. And we can see that even in the Old Testament, this is Old Testament before God, or before God sent his Son, before he sent Jesus to redeem us. God approved our works when we followed his commandments, when we followed and we acted wisely, even in the midst of vanity, when we still act with wisdom and uh, discretion, when we act with, um, with God in our minds, when we, when we decide that, you know what, despite all of this, I'm still going to let my clothes be white and oil be on my head. Despite that, God will approve my works because I will act wisely. Uh, another verse that I just love that can kind of drive this point home in our situations now, and, uh, and this was my 2020 kind of verse, is, is chapter 8. It says, Obey rulers. Who is like the wise man, and who knows the interpretation of a matter? A man's wisdom illumines him and causes his faint, uh, stern face to beam. I say, keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave him. Do not join in an evil matter, for he will do whatever he pleases. Since the word of the king is authoritative, who will say to him, What are you doing? He who keeps a royal command experiences no trouble, for a wise heart knows the proper time and procedure. Because a wise heart is focused on God and focused on what he commands, not on what the king commands. For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight when a man's trouble is heavy upon him. If no one knows what will happen, who can tell him when it will happen? No man has authority to restrain the wind with the wind or authority over the day of death. And there is no discharge in a time of war and evil will not deliver those who practice it. Because we know that what delivers us is acting wisely and considering um, the Lord when we do things because the Lord is the one who will judge us. But I really like that verse, keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. Keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. I had a lot of friends and family members who were extremely uh, anti-mask and anti-all the rules that um, our president put in place for us. And I, and I came back to this verse. You know, I, because uh, that's one of the first times I really read through Ecclesiastes was in 2020. I read through it probably several times in that, in just that time period of 2020. And I always came back to that verse for this. And you're know, looking back over all these other texts, you know, the wise man's words are, are forgotten. And even though he might deliver his kingdom from us, he, his name, his memory will be gone and his reward on earth will not be there, but his reward will be in the very the good life he got to live, being a wise person. You know, being wise is, is kind of the reward for being wise. And how do you start? Well, we know Solomon tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge and then understanding compound upon that. Really, it is wisdom that is the, the blanket, the basis on which everything else must be built. You cannot be understanding. You cannot have understanding and knowledge without wisdom. And that's kind of backwards to what the world says. But for us, for Christians, for disciples, for truly wise people, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I do not claim to be wise. I might have the beginnings of wisdom because I know the Lord, and I'm very fortunate for knowing that. But I do not claim to be wise. Not at all. That's not what I'm trying to say. 
But looking over, even in this modern world, what's happening now is I say, keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave him, but also do not join in an evil matter, for he will do whatever he pleases because of the fact that he is the king. Since the word of the king is authoritative, who will say to him, what are you doing? He who keeps a world command experiences no trouble. But yet again, for a wise heart knows the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight when a man's trouble is heavy upon him. So we are supposed to keep the command of the king. But yet we are supposed to have a wise heart, a discerning heart, to know the time and the place that we are in. What time, what is the season that we are in? Because he gives us a list of the seasons that come and the seasons that go. There's a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, to gather stones, to throw stones, to embrace, to shun embracing, to search, and a time to give up as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, to tear apart and to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak, to love and to hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. What profit is there to the worker from that in which he toils? I have seen the task which God has given the sons of men with which to occupy themselves. So there's, there's a time for everything, and a wise heart knows the seasons that it's in. That's what the, the, what the sons of Issachar had, the gift that they gave to David, Solomon's father. The sons of Issachar gave him the ability to discern the times that they are in. And that's through being wise. And that's also one of the reasons I don't think, un, it's not coincidental that David was one of the Lord's favorite servants. You're not like my servant David. Um, he was a man after my own heart. And that's why he understood he had a revelation of the Lord that a lot of people didn't have because he was a man after God's own heart. He had wisdom. He feared the Lord, which was the beginning of wisdom. And so... Looking over Ecclesiastes, there's so much to unpack here. It's it's very good um, chapter. But I'll finish the point that I was making with that. You know, at the end of at the end of the day, you know, it, Solomon says that it's better to be a live dog than a dead lion because the dead don't do any; they can't do anything. But life seems to be vanity, and and what profit is there for he who toils on the earth? But yet. He says he gives us the solution throughout the book, and then, of course, at the end of the book, he gives us the final conclusion. You know, God judges our hearts, and he will see everything. So, the conclusion, when all has been heard, is fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person, for he will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. And it's a beautiful thing that we serve such a good and loving and kind God. Um, You know, sometimes he can be tough lovish, but he is truly a good and just God. And he has already approved our works when we live according to the calling that he gave us. Or Paul says, live according to the calling with which you have been called. It's a pretty simple thing to do. We just have to gain the beginnings of wisdom, which is the fearing of the Lord and keeping his commands. He gave us this beautiful guidebook on which to do things. But the beauty of Ecclesiastes, I think, more than anything else, is he brings up the point that you know what, life, it, it sucks sometimes. Life is not always fun, not always rainbows and daisies. But you know what our reward is? Our reward is in fact life. And it is the ability to live a good life. The reward for wisdom is, is wisdom. And I, and I think that's a beautiful thing. It's saying that life is hard. 
but whatever your hand finds to do, do it. And that's how you gain blessing. That's how you gain wisdom. That's how you compound upon the wisdom gained by knowing the Lord. But even though life is vanity and it sucks, and sometimes you're just going to be doing the same thing over and over and over again, eat your bread in happiness because that is also your reward for wisdom. And drink your wine with a cheerful heart for God has already approved your works when you follow wisdom. When you follow his commands, he will approve your works already. But still, regardless of that, you know, make yourself presentable. Let your clothes be white and let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy the life with the woman whom you love all the days of your feeling life, which God has given you under the sun. For this is your reward in life and in your toil, which you have labored under the sun. You don't get those just by knowing that life is vanity because everybody does. Everybody knows that life is vanity, that we're all going to die one day. Your reward comes when you toil nonetheless, when you still decide to exercise wisdom, when you still live wisdom, even though you know that your name will be forgotten, your memory will no longer exist, you still save the, save the kingdom, save the city with wisdom, because wisdom is better than strength, it's better than weapons of war. The words of the wise, heard in quietness, are better and the shouting of a ruler among the fools. Because wisdom is still actually hard to come by. It's not just easy. And true wisdom is knowing and following God's commandments and, and still doing what your hand is doing, even when you know that life is vain. That is, that is what wisdom is, if you ask me. And that's how you get the reward for wisdom. Because like I just said, everybody knows that life sucks sometimes, but you gain your reward when you toil nonetheless. And I think we'll end it there. You know, there's some other things I want to talk about, but I feel like that was, that's what I get from Ecclesiastes more than anything else. Because, I mean, I'll, I'll read one more. This is, um, I think it's seven again. Um, I have seen everything during my lifetime of futility. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his wickedness. Do not be excessively righteous. and Do not be overly wise. Why should you ruin yourself? Do not be excessively wicked. Do not be a fool. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp one thing and also not let go of the other. For one who fears God comes forth with both of them. Wisdom strengthens a wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and never sins. Also, do not take seriously all the words which are spoken, lest you hear your servant cursing you. For you have realized that you are likewise have many times cursed others. I tested all this wisdom, and I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. What has been is remote and exceedingly mysterious. Who can discover it? I directed my mind to know, to investigate, and to seek wisdom, and an explanation to know the evil of folly and the foolishness of madness. And I discovered, more bitter than death, the woman whose heart is a snare, and nets whose hands are chains. One who is pleasing to God will escape from her, but the sinner will be captured by her. Behold, I have discovered this, says the preacher, adding one thing to another to find an explanation, which I am still seeking, but have not found. I have found one man among a thousand, but I have not found a woman among all these. Behold, I have found only this, that God made men upright, but they have sought out many devices. Ultimately, we have to pursue wisdom, despite the fact that we know that our wisdom will still be vain. Because even with wisdom, it gives us a better life, but we will still die. We will still die. 
And I think that's something that people are very afraid of for no reason. Because when you live a, a righteous life, you know, don't be pompous, is what he's saying. Don't be, don't be excessively righteous. Don't be pompous, because that's no better than being excessively wicked and foolish. Put your hand on righteousness, but also eat, drink, and be merry a little bit. You know, everything with moderation, with temperance. Be temperate. Live a life worthy of the calling with which you have been called, says Paul. Very, uh, he's very comparable to Solomon in a lot of ways. Because he also says, you and I know that all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. He says the same thing, which is pretty similar to what Solomon's saying here. But ultimately, the conclusion at the end of the day is the reward goes to he who toils even when he knows his toiling is worthless. And through that, through putting your hand on wisdom and living a life that is good and, and drinking good wine and eating good bread and making yourself look presentable and loving a good woman or a good man if you're a woman, if you find a good man, the same thing, then God will approve your works. And that is the end. That is what it is. Following God's commandments. Living wise. When you live wise, you are following God's commandments, even though you know that you're still going to die. But then you will live a blessed life because you'll get more wisdom. Because wisdom is the reward for wisdom. and But also, you get more things. Like, the ability to enjoy life. Because when you're wise, you have also seen sorrow. It is good for a man to see sorrow because then he can appreciate the life that he has. Even if it's a simple life. Like, enjoying a good loaf of bread and a good glass of wine. You'll be able to enjoy it more when you have seen the adversities of life. And so there, we will end it for today. Or will we? As a matter of fact, we actually will not, because today marks uh, the advent of a new segment of the show. Folks, if you guys uh, really, really like the show and you feel like supporting it, then you can join the Patreon. And there you will get a bunch of extra benefits, such as uh, short little essays that I write uh, specifically for Patreon members. Uh, you can check the one that I have out now about Epicureanism and what C.S. Lewis would say about it. You'll also get uh, the only way, in fact, to get amazing Food for Thought podcast merchandise and swag. Uh, you can get hats, t-shirts, or long sleeves. Um, you'll have the opportunity to select a couple of different styles for those, um, and you will not have to pay any upcharge for it. You will just pay exactly what it cost me to make it, uh, and you are the only ones that can get it. But you also, when you sign up, you will get uh, a free coffee mug that comes with any tier level selection on Patreon. But wait, there is in fact more. You also have the opportunity to submit questions about the podcast episodes. You will uh, find out what the topic will be a whole week in advance, giving you plenty of time to think about it, mull over, and submit some questions that you would like me to answer on the show. I will not read the names of those who submit the questions, um, but I will just read the question, and you will know um, if you submitted that question or not. Sometimes I'll answer one, maybe I'll answer more, we'll see. But here's one uh, for... Obviously, the episode on Ecclesiastes, uh, it says, Ecclesiastes 11.1 1 states to cast your bread upon the surface of the waters. What does that mean? Well, that is a great question. And when I first read it, you know, I was a little bit mystified, but I began to form a hypothesis about what that might mean. And then I read some commentaries and found that my hypothesis was um, proven valid. Let's read the whole verse, though. 11.1 uh, of Ecclesiastes. 
Cast your bread on the surface of the waters, for you will find it after many days. Divide your portion to seven, or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the, or- on the earth. And uh, so what does that mean exactly? Well, you know, it can mean a couple of different things. Um, but really, it means be generous. Uh, give to other people. Uh, lay away for the future. That's what it's saying in verse 2 there. Divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you don't know what misfortune may occur on the earth. It's saying be prepared. Uh, always have a plan is what it's saying there. And when it says cast your bread on the surface of the waters, it's saying be generous. Give on to others um, because you'll find it back. And the reason... Uh, at least the reason I think he specifically says cast it onto the surface of the waters is I assume he's talking about tide. If you throw the uh, the bread out, eventually the tide will bring it back to the bay, uh, to the bay or to the beach, whatever it might be. Um, that's why he's using the analogy of casting it out onto the water because eventually the tide will bring it back. So when you're generous and when you give freely, it'll come back to you at some point, just like do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's essentially what it's saying there. And then verse 2 expounds upon that a little bit, saying, Be prepared for the future because you don't know um, what will happen and you'll want some stuff saved up for you know a rainy day. Uh, so that's what that is um, talking about in that verse. Hope that helped. Thanks for the question, and today is where we will end it for now. Uh, Go learn something new, learn something real, and I'll be back next week with some more Food for Thought.